you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family... Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fantasy Freaks and Geeks, what's up? You're welcome you to the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. James Go here with you. Joined alongside by the Whiskey from Wisconsin, Alex Gelhar. What's up? Well, I'm excited to be here. Uh, you know, we had the nice long weekend. Indeed. Memorial Day. Oh, yeah. Was, uh, was very fun. Did you guys do anything cool? Uh, we, some of, I have a friend getting married in uh, okay. next weekend, this coming weekend in Alabama, but some of us weren't able to make the trip happen for financial reasons or other things like that. It's kind of like, you did tough fl- direct flights in and then you had to like rent a car and drive and stuff and we have other things going on so there's uh, no direct flights to remote alabama what is going on yeah no it's at a country club okay. somewhere in alabama and uh so we went out with him this uh this weekend and had a bunch of fun we actually did kind of a little k-town throwdown oh some, uh korean barbecue and Intrigued. Uh, karaoke good so that was a lot of fun perfect and i wasn't invited what's up with that i don't know you don't know the groom to be well i mean I, but i know koreatown i mean come <laughs> on <laughs> you do you know it's you we, should did, hire, you we should did hire, end up at one of the karaoke. Should I hired a guide we did end up at one of the karaoke joints you took us to though. oh lovely the one we had to go down into the basement oh yeah 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 and you guys thought i was gonna kill you yeah it was it was like <laughs> it was like under construction <laughs> the, so for those listening there was a it was a karaoke joint yeah. In like a some sort of like corporate business tower. Yeah, it was tower, like a business park but tower. But you walk yeah. in and like the first floor and the basement of the business park was like under construction. And yeah. James is like, we got to go downstairs. And we're like, yeah, okay, wow. Well. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Just walk down this dark alley. You'll find the place you need to be at the end. But then you pop out of the elevator and it's like, boom, bright lights and karaoke. We're like, oh, okay. Okay, there it is. MG, my guy, Marcus Grant. What's going on? Not much, man. I, uh, I was for Memorial Day weekend. I was in the beautiful city of Chicago. Oh, Chi-Town? Over the weekend. Okay. Um. Yeah, went out, uh, enjoyed the the city and the sights there, and saw a couple of Cubs games. Okay, um, with our pal Hytham Kalani, you know, Ooh. producer. Uh, wow, Fantasy Live. Um, yeah, it was great. Uh, I mean, I've been to Wrigley before, but it's always fun. It's just such a great, fun place to be. Yeah, it is. Uh, especially when the weather's beautiful, like it was over the weekend. Oh, great! And uh, so, like one game we did, uh, we sat on the rooftops across the street. Nice, which is fantastic. It's it's not the place to be if you actually want to watch the game. No, you want to just go and party and hang out. Like, yeah. it's awesome. Uh, the next day, I certainly nerded out, and I was at the game by myself, and I brought my scorebook, 
No, you didn't. I totally did. What? Totally kept score. <laughs> yes. Nerd! Every once in a while, I will go do that. <laughs> I will just go to a game by myself and Going back score. to your roots. Yeah, man. It's, yeah. you know, couple, keeping it real. couple of pencils, pencil sharpener. Oh my! Beer and a hot dog. It's all good. Now, did you have the? Uh, did you have those? You know, those old school. You know, headphones in. You know, I thought about bringing like finding an old transistor radio <laughs> yeah, you know with like one like one earphone or whatever, and just like sit there. But no, nah, I, uh, I did not. That's awesome. <laughs> Producer Christina in the building. What's up? What's up? How you doing? Pretty good. How, How are was you your guys? long weekend? Uh, it was good. It's funny that Marcus went to Chicago. My best friend left Chicago to visit here for the weekend. Oh, so. it's actually the Traveler Exchange program. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah, <laughs> I, I figured that's what you guys did. Makes sense. <laughs> It's interesting. You know, every time we talk to you, you're either going away or somebody's coming in. You have a lot of uh, visitors yeah. and or visit a lot of people. Yeah. Is that what it's like to have friends? Because I, <laughs> I don't, I'm not sure. Uh, yeah. I mean, living in a place like this, everyone wants to come visit. There so you, you, you get everyone saying, oh, yeah, I know we haven't seen each other in forever, but uh -huh. I'll, I'll come visit. There you okay. go. Why not? Well, what'd you guys do? I mean, did you guys go to Hollywood? Did you guys go oh, to yeah, the beach? Oh, yeah, I was such a tour guide for the weekend. Oh, Hollywood sign. We saw everything. Yeah. Walk of Fame. Okay. Did it all. Well, see, some people when they visit, they want to do the touristy thing, and other people they just want to go. Yeah, like, they, they want, want like, go the clubbing. local experience, or they want to go like out partying. Right. We did a little bit of everything. Okay. All right. There you go. Uh, great show in front of us here today. We're going to be doing a roster reset of the NFC North: the Bears, the Packers, the Lions, and the Vikings. This is a division that saw a lot of change. A lot of change. And meanwhile, the Packers, who relatively stayed the same, also added some very interesting pieces as well. Of course, Aaron Rodgers is going to be getting healthy there as well. But, man, you look at the coaching changes. You look at the quarterbacks they added. You look at the overall talent that they added. This is a very, very intriguing division in the NFL. We'll close out with a round of daily daps, but we start your show as we always do with your top fantasy headlines. Oh, my God, the news. We really do have breaking news. Hey, did you guys know that the Eagles, the <laughs> Patriots, are playing in the Super Bowl? That is breaking news. Breaking news. News. <laughs> news. All right, let's get right to it. Brandon Marshall, wide receiver, not the linebacker. Wide receiver, Brandon Marshall, shockingly, signed by Seattle to a one-year deal. It could be worth up to, I think, $2 million is the, the, the report there. 34-year-old Brandon Marshall played in five games last season, compiling a grand total of 154 receiving yards. The team, we're talking about Seattle now, lost pass catchers Jimmy Graham and Paul Richardson this offseason. Uh, I say shockingly because I did not think Brandon Marshall would find a home uh, before Des Bryant. Before Des Bryant. How is this possible? <laughs> how? How? How is this Des possible? Des too much money. I guess that's what it is. I guess that's what it is. Doesn't, don't realize he's probably getting closer to the same market value that Marshall hit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's $2 million with incentives. You know, I mean, it's like up to $2 million. I mean, And they said on the ATN podcast yesterday right. that the veteran minimum for somebody of uh, Marshall's tenure is about a $1 million anyways. So, right. so he, they basically finagled this, so he's not getting the veteran minimum, but he is. And, oh. and I like this move makes sense uh, football-wise because Philadelphia, Seattle needs yeah. bodies in the passing game. And Indeed. Marshall is a veteran. However, I'm not too concerned about this, like, ruining Doug Baldwin's value or even Tyler Lockett's, like, deep sleeper credentials. I yeah. mean, Brandon Marshall the last two years has uh, caught just three touchdowns in his last 161 targets. So, like, the notion that he's a red zone <laughs> receiving threat for them is a little overblown. Nope. <laughs> and also he's posted a catch rate of under 48%. 
those last two years as well. Oh. So, like, Marshall's had Man. a phenomenal career. He's, he's an awesome oh, yeah. player. Uh, love what he's done off the field. Like, his uh, football life is really fantastic yeah, yeah, yeah. if you've never seen it about right. – um, his struggles mental health awareness mental yeah. health awareness and mm-hmm. things like that yeah, yeah. but i don't think that we need to overreact for fantasy if anything his arrival might to more casual people even decrease the value of baldwin and lockett and benefit uh, you for taking him yeah remember remember when 42 year old jerry rice played 11 games for the seattle seahawks i do indeed that was the weirdest sight in the world this sort of feels like that i mean you know rice play was a 2000 i'm looking at right now 2004 played okay. 11 games 25 catches, 362 yards, and three touchdowns. That's probably low. I think I think Marshall will get you probably more than that. But I think he get here's the over under 400 yards. I mean, I think he'll get over. I'll take the hard under. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> but I mean, I'm, I'm with Alex. I'll I, take you know, the hard I, under. I don't I don't expect him to to really be fantasy relevant this year. Uh, you know, I, I I'm not I'm not changing my outlook on any of the other Seahawks because Brandon Marshall sh- suddenly showed up there. Yeah, man. You know, I think it's one of those things where um, I think some people might be intrigued again because of the name value for one. But also, again, I, and I'm this is why I mentioned Jimmy Graham and Paul Richardson, you know, leaving the team. It, it leaves certainly a large vacuum of targets um, that are up for grabs. Uh, you know, you would think that Doug Baldwin absorbs some. You would think that Tyler Lockett would hopefully absorb a lot of those targets, as a matter of fact. Um, There's a lot of reports coming out of the Pacific Northwest as well that they want to get back to what they did well during their championship run, which was clock control. They want to run the ball, do a little bit more power, um, and maybe that works. going to be in the state to allow them to do (laughs) that so much. That's right. That's also another reason why, uh, bigger picture, I I really like Doug Baldwin and Tyler Lockett this year is because I think this team could be passing a lot more than people expect. Yes. I mean, I think I'm pretty sure Russell. Can they pass more than they did last year? I mean, good Lord. Yeah, quite possibly. The offensive line isn't great. Uh, I'm I'm not sold on the running game, even though they invested a first round pick in Rashad Penny. I think he's going to be fine for fantasy and stuff, but I don't think he's going to have like a Zeke Elliott type of or Leonard Fournette first round draft pick impact where he comes in. Yeah. And, you know, fundamentally changes that offense. Because they, they just don't have the pieces no, to do it. No, instead, I mean? they've lost so many key players on the defense, both through free agency, retirements, injuries, and stuff like that. And their their division got a lot better yep. the last two years. Yep. There are two offenses, maybe even, you know, two offenses that can put up points in but isn't San that, Francisco. But isn't and that better for Seattle, though, if they get caught up in a shootout? That's what I mean. Oh, that's I why they're going oh, to I'm explaining why they're going to be passing see. a lot more than some people might think. So okay. that's why I Got like it. Baldwin and Lockett. Okay, good. I like it. Uh, Kareem Hunt said he is focusing on the passing game during OTAs, running a lot more different routes, working on his hands. Remember, he was routinely, and, and quite honestly, to me anyways, just confusingly, confoundingly, bafflingly taken out of games during hurry-up situations or when the Chiefs were playing a little bit of catch-up. Charkandrick West was the primary pass catcher. They threw him in there uh, when they needed, you know, they were doing a two-minute drill. They need they got Charkandrick West out there for some reason. Spencer Ware returns as a potential backup as well. Uh, what do we make of the news that Kareem Hunt uh, will see an expanded role potentially in the passing game, Marcus Grant? I like it. Uh, I like it. I mean, you know, we, we obviously know what he did last year as a runner. Um, yeah. And, and led the league in rushing. Uh, yeah. And so the, the, anything you can do to stay on the field more often is a plus. Um, you know, I, I, after after the, the knee injury, you mentioned Spencer Ware looking like he's probably playing in that number two spot. Sharkandrick West maybe gets bumped down a little bit. But if, right. if Kareem Hunt can do more things to stay on the field, um, 
you know, that that is a big plus. I'm also curious how he will fit in. I mean, I guess I think the big the big X factor, obviously, is Patrick Mahomes and what he does for this offense. Right. I'm, I'm optimistic. I like what he offers. Um, and I think in terms of mobility, I don't know that you lose a ton from, you know, him going from Alex Smith to, to Patrick Mahomes. So, um, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm pleased with this whole thing. Again, the more he can do to stay on the field and if he can become a bigger part of that passing game, uh, admit, admittedly with more weapons out they have right. Sammy Watkins, um, you know, I, I don't know. Watkins can be that field stretcher, kind of clear out some things underneath and, and maybe give Hunt a little bit of room to operate there. I think this is an OTA nothing burger. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't mean <laughs> anything. You know who was third on the Chiefs and targets last year? Kareem Hunt. <laughs> okay. He doesn't need to work on his passing game credentials. The reason he got taken off last year, I think, was because of uh, pass protection and assignments. Cherkendrick West was somebody they trusted more in hurry-up situations. Kareem Hunt was top 10 among all running backs in receiving yards all last right. year. And I believe – That's was, a good note. I believe he was top 10 in receptions, too. So, that like, this is – I'm not going to adjust him up or down. I yeah, see. he was just outside. Wait, where did he go in receptions? He was here. Okay, anyways, he's he's high in both regards. Um, but it's like I'm not going to move him up or down my That's draft board note. because of an OTA note that he's working on his <laughs> passing game when he was third on the team in targets. It, it's interesting to me because you know the I think the the feeling was, and I didn't I didn't look at uh, obviously I did not uh, look at the numbers. I did not look at the numbers uh, intently enough. But uh, the feeling I think around Kareem Hunt certainly was that you know he wasn't utilized to his maximum potential in the passing game. Remember when he just came out gangbusters? I mean, he had a million touchdowns, and then they the Chiefs went on that 0-5 slide or whatever it was. I think they lost five games in a row. Was that what it was? They opened up something six like games. They won six games, and they lost five games or something like that. Anyways, during that, that cold stretch, Kareem Hunt was just, I mean, people were talking about. At the end of the stretch, people were talking about maybe dropping the guy. You know, yeah, oh, that yeah. was a weekly, like, what do I do with Kareem Hunt? You know what I'm saying? It was a weekly. Yeah, tweet. exactly. But I felt like a part, big part of the problem there, especially in PPR leagues, was you know when you have your star running back kind of do nothing for you, and then it's okay. Now it's the last you know minute forty of the game, and they need some checkdowns, and you're like, yeah, baby, here we go. Give me some of those cheap PPR points. And it's somebody else. And it's always Chuck Andrick West, and it just made me so angry with life, <laughs> so angry. Why is Charkandrick West so, in the ball game? So you're saying this this note is in here basically for personal reasons. Oh, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> who's putting the run, who's putting the rundown together? I mean, come on, brother. If I can't have editorial subjectivity, I mean, uh, I mean come on, what, what's going on here? Uh, Carson Wentz was spotted at OTAs jogging, five months removed from major knee surgery. Again, not not a whole lot to make out of that, but just a good note that Carson Wentz looks like he is um, back on track to potentially play uh, here in the upcoming season, which is good for the NFL, good for fantasy, good for the Philadelphia Eagles, no doubt about it. All right, Dez, as we mentioned, still out there in free agency. Green Bay passed on him. There were some rumors linking him to San Francisco as well, and then as soon as those rumors got out there, boy, they just put a big old, you know, fat, cup of cold they, water. Are you saying they, they threw up the X? <laughs> hey <-o. laughs> Hey! <laughs> shall not pass! Oh, got him. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. Uh, San Francisco looks like they're going to pass on him as well. Uh, GM John Lynch said uh, they are very happy with their group of pass catchers, and why not? I think they've got a pretty decent set of pass catchers there as well, working around Jimmy Garoppolo. I think the Colts are the best landing spot for Dez right now, football and yeah. fantasy-wise. You know what? I, th I like that fit. 
I like that fit a lot because they need that big body. And I tell you what, man, after these last couple of seasons, they just need somebody, somebody to get competitive. You know what I'm saying? And raise that locker room emotionally. And Dez could potentially be that guy. Now, obviously, you run across a problem as well where if things are not going right and they're suffering another 2-14 and 14 season, do you, I, I don't know if you want Dez in the locker room. I don't know if you want that guy. Uh, in the locker room. But if they're somewhat competitive in the AFC South, I, I love the fact that, you know, Des might come in and, and uh, raise the competitive spirit of the Colts as well. All right, should we get into it? Should Let's we get into it. the roster reset of the NFC North, a division that Alex Gelhar is highly, highly invested? I've watched a lot of NFC North <laughs> ball in my day. <laughs> uh, we're going to go uh, backwards order. Okay, we're going to go worst to first, all right, from last year, 2017. Now, it doesn't mean it's going to be like that in 2018. As a matter of fact, I doubt we will see the same in 2018, although, who knows? The Bears, last year, 5-11. and 11. They fired John Fox. They added head coach Matt Nagy, the former quarterback coach slash play caller from Kansas City, and they added former Oregon head coach Mark Helfrich as the team's offensive coordinator. It starts from the top. It starts from the top, Alex Gilhar. People are excited about the Bears because John Fox is gone and because Matt Nagy and Mark Helfrich are there to shepherd a new offensive era of Chicago Bears football. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, John Fox was uh, offering us the closest thing to Jeff Fisher we had without Jeff Fisher in there in terms That's of right. like an uninspiring, lackluster fantasy offense. They immediately went and got Nagy and Helfrich, who are two good offensive minds. Nagy. I mean, Andy Reid has a has a long and healthy coaching tree coming out underneath him, and he even said Matt Nagy might be one of the best head coaching candidates Amazing. to come out underneath him. And, oh, by the way, oh, uh, by the, way. the Super Bowl champion head coach Doug Peterson had just come out from under uh, Reid's coaching tree as well. Interesting. So there's a lot of offensive innovation, which is great news for Mitchell Trubisky. A lot of people are making the comparison to the Rams. I don't know if they'll have that same swing, mm. but uh, love love the moves for Mitchell Trubisky. You also have next in the rundown, they added Allen Robinson, Taylor Gabriel, and Trey Burton. Mm -hmm. Talk about overhauling a wide receiving core. That's what I'm saying. You get a, an athletic uh, seam-stretching tight end. You get a do-it-all speedster in Taylor Gabriel. And then you get Allen Robinson, a true number one receiver. Like This is a great, 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 great overhaul. I think a lot of these Bears players are going to be nice, nice values in fantasy. Offensive lineman Josh Sitton, who is a terrific offensive lineman, uh, played guard for the the Chicago Bears, was cut and then moved to Miami. But I, I think people are going to say, ah, okay, he's just a guard, uh, which is I think that's fair. I mean, especially given the the overall offensive talent they've added as well. Oh, by the way, the, the it's not and it's not as if this is uh, an imbalanced offense here. They got Jordan Howard, they've got Tariq Cohen there as well. This is a reason why a lot of folks. Are excited about. Which, by the way, you mentioned Bears. you mentioned Tariq Cohen too. Yeah. And I think that I, I read uh, earlier this week yes. from Brad Biggs. Uh, there's a lot of talk that that Cohen could get a bigger role as the third down back. That's right. This year, last year, a lot of that was Benny Cunningham, who you know, played fairly well. Um, but right now, the coaching staff's looking at him at Cohen as the option to be the third down guy. They obviously know about his athleticism, his explosiveness, what he can do. They're hoping 
he can improve in pass protection and you know, just not have to come off the field there. But, you know, I, I say that as somebody who was chided last week. <laughs> Taking him in the seventh for round. For Cohen. So, <laughs> Top so, 100 player, so my respon- Cohen. My response Let's to go. you is officially – Na 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 na. So there you go. You keep taking Tariq Cohen in the seventh round, man. <laughs> I will gladly pick up the fallout uh, that trickles down the draft board from your move. I would love to see Tariq Cohen on the field a lot. Whether or not he gets the, the, the targets, whether or not he gets the carries, I just want to see him on the field because he is an electric playmaker. And I, I, the defense must account for Tariq Cohen, and if they don't, I would love to see the Bears take advantage of the defense there. So, um, I don't know, man. Last year, that's what was just so befuddling to me was the fact that Tariq Cohen, who is one of was one of their only playmakers, was taken off the field routinely on plays they need to get yards. I just – it didn't make any sense to me, and that's a big reason why I think John Fox is gone as well. All right, let's move on to the Packers. Last year, 7-9, uh, and nine, Aaron Rodgers comes back after getting approximately 974 screws placed into his various collarbones. Give or take. Give or take. Uh, Jordy Nelson was cut. Give or take like 960. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of screws, bud. I don't know what the actual number is. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I, I think he had. I think legit, legitimately off the top of my head, I think it was nine screws. Yikes, that's a lot. Uh, Jordy Nelson was cut. It opens the door for Devonte Adams to be their true uncontested number one. Who, oh by the way, they signed to a four-year, fifty-eight million dollar extension back in December. So obviously the organization feels as if Devontae Adams is going to be their true number one wide receiver. They signed Jimmy Graham. They signed Mercedes Lewis at tight end. Uh, I think each one will have their role. Mercedes Lewis, a great blocker out there. Jimmy Graham, a great pass catcher as well, will be the best pass catcher possibly that Aaron Rodgers has had at the tight end position. Oh, no, he is. Yeah, we don't we don't need to beat around the. Face. <laughs> well, you know, I want to at least pay some respect. I mean, Jimmy Graham's getting a little older, and I wanted to pay a little bit, you know, a, a little bit of due uh, to, to Jermichael Finley. Finley. Yeah, what? to Jermichael Finley. Cook. I, was like, I, well. look, I love Jermichael <laughs> Finley, but he was one of those great uh, what if players. Yeah, because he never was able to to finish a full season, and right. earlier in his career, he was inconsistent. So like, he's Jordan Reed. He never. A little bit lesser, <laughs> lesser Jordan Reed. Okay. I mean, Jermichael Finley, the sky was the limit for that that's, guy if he stayed if I'm he saying. stayed healthy. But yeah. he never put it all together. Jimmy Graham has multiple like twelve hundred yard, thirteen touchdown okay. seasons. So all right, fair enough. Uh, the team also added uh, wide receivers Jamon Moore and Equinemius St. Brown in the draft. Hey man, you know I forgot to ask you, MG, uh, who won the 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 oh. games tournament? Uh, it, it was you never mentioned it on the podcast. I don't think I did. You know why? Because when it happened, I was in Dallas for uh, for the draft. Oh, that's um, what it was. It, okay. Uh, well, it was the number one overall seed, Equinemius St. Brown. There it is. Well, walk. there you go. I saw the name, and that's, <laughs> that's what got me to thinking. Yeah. Uh, about the time. So congratulations to ESB. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, we go to the Whiskey from Wisconsin uh, regarding the Packers. Uh, what do you think of all the, 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 the roster? I don't even want to call it an overhaul because, really, it's just kind of uh, they just added to, to, to their core. Yeah, they just moved some things around. Basically. Yeah, exactly. They, uh, I mean, Devo- losing Jordy Nelson is sad as a Packer fan. I mean, 100%. He was there for 10 years. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. I mean, it was, t- it was time to move on, and uh, getting Jimmy Graham is a nice upgrade for the red zone. I mean, over the last two years, Devontae Adams leads all wide receivers in receiving touchdowns, and Jimmy Graham leads all tight ends in receiving touchdowns. Hello. So that Packers offense is, is set up, especially when they get near the red zone, because yeah. both those guys are excellent threats there. 
Uh, I think while we certainly need to keep our eye on that wide receiver three battle, whether yeah. it is incumbent Geronimo Allison or even Trevor Davis or one of these new rookies, um, Randall Cobb is a name to circle in your drafts. He uh, Rodgers loves him, obviously. Uh, he had that epic three-touchdown game in the playoffs, uh, I think, two years ago okay. where he caught the Hail Mary against the Giants, too. Um, and he's just tumbling in drafts, like to round eight, nine, ten. Uh, and I saw a stat. I was trying to find it this morning, but I couldn't get it. But something like Aaron Rodgers has, uh, in his fully healthy seasons, has had two top 24 PPR wide receivers in like every year except one. Okay. And that was the year when the sky fell and Rodgers yeah, yeah, was yeah. the QB8 or whatever. So Cobb – Sky fell and he was the QB. I, well, do you remember no, like, I, how I, people I, talked no, about no, that year? No, like, absolutely. is Rodgers cooked? I totally remember that. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, my God. The guy threw like 32 <laughs> touchdowns and 4,000 yards. And we're talking like, oh talking like he's you know got one foot in the grave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think Cobb is Cobb is the name to circle. Like The, the passing attack is probably going to be pretty concentrated between I mean, those top isn't three it, guys. Isn't it possible that it is Devontae Adams and Jimmy Graham? Oh yeah, I think they're I think they're going to be the main two, but Cobb is going to have a big role as well. Yeah, you know, you mentioned Randall Cobb. It's interesting to me too because um, when Aaron Rodgers, you know, suffered the broken collarbone and then came back, a lot of folks were there was a lot of press clippings as to oh, Jordy Nelson might see a revival here, and really it was Randall Cobb. Yeah, Cobb. I mean, they tried to he tried to get to Jordy, but like Rodgers wasn't right in that Carolina game. But Cobb was the one that was able to get more open and was still a matchup yeah. nightmare. Yeah. And I know uh, even our, our dear friend Matt Harmon has been working on all his uh, reception perception stuff that yeah, yeah. he did about that he's believing in the Cobb bounce back season. Love it. I mean, you remember the heights that Cobb hit? It's it's forever ago now because yeah, it was 2014. But time. 91 catches, nearly 1,300 yards, okay. 12 touchdowns. Can I go back to Devontae Adams, though? Please. Uh, MG Mike, it's, it's one of those things where I think people, casual fans, are not able to wrap their minds around Devontae Adams being a top 12, top 15 player in fantasy drafts. Um, I think they, the, the stench of a couple years back and all the drops and all those things uh, still linger. And Because and I, when, I, when I did the mock draft, when we did the staff mock draft, and I took, I think I took uh, Devontae Adams. Boy, it was a top I'll, 15 pick. I'll find out. It was a top 15 pick. And, and a lot of folks, there was a lot of question marks on that pick. Um, in your mentions? Because I don't yeah, think in anybody the no. in the draft. <laughs> oh, no, no, I know. And we, we drafted with a bunch of uh, industry folks. So, I mean, obviously people, you know, there was no question there. But I'm just saying in the mentions, because, again, I think casual fans can't wrap their mind around Devontae Adams being a top flight, top ten fantasy wide receiver. Well, I think a lot of that is that for years, Jordy Nelson was the headliner in that wide receiver group. You know, and, and I think, yeah, look – Understanding that for us, you know, since we spend so much time with it, we are certainly a little bit more sensitive to roster changes and, and statistical, you know, shifts and that sort of thing. But if you are talking about, you know, folks who are just get, folks who are coming into this, you know, people who may not pick up this podcast until we get to August or start right. thinking about fantasy until, you know, July or August. Um, yeah, there is still that, you know, hey, wait, OK, Jordy Nelson's not there anymore. And trying to re- reevaluate the landscape. So, I, I mean, I understand it. It's just kind of a, of I think, reeducating people who are catching up a little bit later than everybody else. But I, I think I think eventually folks are going to catch on. Yeah. I do think the Randall Cobb part is interesting because, as Alex mentioned, Matt Harmon has definitely been all over this, especially in the last week or so. And, again, this is another one where I think a lot of people aren't necessarily looking at the situation. They're looking at their feelings. And, yeah. and, and, and in your heart, <laughs> I see what you're saying. In your yeah, heart, yeah, you yeah. know Randall Cobb has hurt you. He has hurt you deep. 
<laughs> right? And so you're not necessarily looking at the fact that Jordy Nelson isn't there, that they're still trying to find a third wide receiver or anything like that. You just know that, you know, you probably went all in on Randall Cobb the last couple of years and you came up with very little and you're just not willing to put your hand on that hot stove again. Can I can I throw out a name? Sure. Ty Montgomery. No. 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 You can just can, I, can I throw that name back at you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying how about how about if he works into the slot role? That's the role that he was supposed to play. And how about if they he cuts into Randall Cobb's production as well and and kind of neutralizes both their Everything the team's been saying is that he's still a quote-unquote running back. And I think they would rather keep him there for the depth. I mean, they don't go out and draft three wide receivers in the span of, like, three rounds unless yeah, they're going to. Yeah, but they're all to. late, right? But still, they, 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 all, all they all addressed a certain need. They were all size-speed guys on the outside. I also read an article this morning about how Aaron Rodgers was saying there's a good chance Devontae Adams will play more in the slot, too, because then they get Jimmy Graham yeah. and Devontae Adams in the slot as well, and that's a big matchup nightmare. It's true. So I, I, I would not expect Ty Montgomery to get it at all. And then, again, okay. we haven't touched the backfield, and we should touch it quick before we move sure. on, but Aaron Jones, love him in the middle rounds. Jamal Williams, worth a pickup later. Uh, I saw Graham Barfield uh, from FantasyGuru.com, I think is where Graham's at right now, and Matthew Barry tweeting back and forth yesterday, and Barry said – he had a, a source on the team that said uh, it'll probably be a committee early on, but Aaron Jones is the one that you want to have by midseason. Yeah, I mean, just the explosiveness and, and overall upside. I don't know what the upside is for uh, Jamal Williams, but the upside for Aaron Jones, I mean, if he can control that backfield, watch. Woo! Yeah, it's going to be good. Um, did want to very, very quickly, uh, expectations, can we get some stat projections maybe and maybe some round projections that you would like to take Jimmy Graham? Uh, I think he's firmly in, especially with Hunter Henry going down with the torn ACL, I think Jimmy Graham should be considered in that upper echelon of elite tight ends. Tight end three? Yeah, I'd probably take him. I mean, you want, you'd want take Kelsey and Gronk, and I'd probably put yeah. Ertz off the board before him too. Really? But I think, yeah. <sighs> Yeah. yeah, yeah, I might go. I might go Ertz ahead, okay. especially with Ertz. Like Trey Burton's leaving. Ertz played the full season. He okay. probably finally shook the "I can only score points in December" uh, that, moniker that, that he I'm had still, for a long I'm time. I'm still feeling that. You know, gotta, gotta <laughs> let it go, James. Gotta <laughs> let it go. Forget about the past. Right, right, right. Uh, yeah. But Jimmy Graham, like, if he doesn't score double-digit touchdowns this season, I would say that's honestly an upset. Really? Yes. Wow. Okay. All right, well, given that, I mean, what are we talking here? 800 yards, 10 touchdowns? 900 yards? Yeah, something something along those lines. He might yards, might not have the yard, might not have the yardage, okay. maybe like in the, you know, 700 range, okay. six, 650 to 800, but like okay. 9 10 touchdowns. Is he worth is he worth a 7th round selection? I was going to say like 6th, 7th, 8th yeah. is where I start looking at him. Where okay. did he go in our So anywhere between 70 and 90-ish? He, yeah, he went where? at 82 in yeah. our mock we that did last it. month. Uh, Fabs took him in round 7, and I know I was mad because I wanted to <laughs> take. I, I, he was falling, and yeah. I was like, I took a wide receiver that round instead, and I was like, I bet I can get him on, stretch, on the round back around, and yeah, no, he didn't no, Okay, I got you. All right, so yeah, anywhere between, I think, 75 to 90 is, I think, a, a good value for Jimmy Graham. All right, let's go to the Lions. Nine and seven last year. Jim Caldwell was let go after four seasons. Matt Patricia was tabbed as their new head coach. He's a defensive-minded guy. Uh, so, thus, he actually held on to Jim Bob Cooter as his offensive coordinator. So, the offense should look and feel relatively the same uh, going into 2018. The team signed LeGarrette Blunt and then drafted Carrion Johnson out of Auburn to fill out that backfield. Eric Ebron was allowed to walk. 
Former Seahawk Luke Wilson and former Falcon Levine Toilolo will compete, I would imagine, for starter minutes as well. MG, my guy, Marcus Grant, your take on the offseason for the Lions. Um, It's interesting. I, I, I still look at this, and I, I have a lot of questions as to how – the only things I know for sure – Yes. You know, I'm okay with Matt Stafford as kind of a you know, mid, mid to late round quarterback sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I know that, that Marvin Jones and Golden Tate will be fine. Uh, I'm, I'm starting to buy into the Kenny Galladay buzz once again. I think, I think he could take a step forward this year. Uh, beyond that, like, I, I don't want any part of a Lions tight end. Right. Um, and I just, I just don't know what to do about the backfield. And I feel like this is, I feel like this is a conversation we're going to have pretty much all the way through the summer. Interesting. Is how, you know, how these things are going to sh- – I mean, obviously, first off, we got to figure out, you know, who's going to be there and who's not. You know, we're yeah. talking about Amir Abdullah maybe not being there and, and how these roles are going to shake out. But They've got way too many running backs. They've got so many running backs. And so, we're, you know, we're still trying to figure out how this committee potentially will work. So I think it will be a committee between right. Blunt and Johnson and, you know, either Riddick or, or Abdullah, whichever one ends up staying. Um, it, I, it, I would it makes like me to nervous. S- I think Amir Abdullah should play special teams. Uh, he played special teams at Nebraska. I think he was good in that role. I don't think he's got a clear-cut role um, in the Lions backfield, and I know it probably hurts because of the draft capital they spent uh, on him. But if he can carve out a role as a special teamers, hey, why the hell not? Um, you know, I would imagine Zach Zenner's probably going to either be a, a practice squad guy slash cut. Um, you know, who else they got? Dwayne Washington um, is a big body practice squad guy and or cut as well. So uh, the backfield, I don't know, man. It, it, it's going to be a little bit confusing, obviously, because uh, I really liked what I saw from LeGarrette Blunt last year with Philadelphia. you got to keep in mind, the advanced numbers, man, on LeGarrette Blunt were so impressive. Mm-hmm. They were so impressive. Um, you know, he was the Philadelphia offensive line, remember, they had some injuries um, there. But when LeGarrette Blunt got the ball, Generally, defenses knew they were going to run, right? Yeah. So the defense was penetrating the backfield on a lot of his carries. Despite that, LeGarrette Blunt yards gained after close was one of the best he was, in the NFL. To give you the actual number, because I wrote about this in uh, – I did a piece recently, the sleeper backfields. I think we talked about it a bit last week. But Blunt had averaged 4.4 yards per carry, uh, which was the fifth most – tied for the fifth most among backs with at least 150-plus totes. So that's, like, good company. That's – I mean – He's fifth most behind like know Todd Gurley, Kareem right. Hunt, Zeke, like right. Mark Ingram, like that's really good company. And the next gen stats you were saying is yards gained after close, four point five one yards per carry after that. He was the fourth most elusive back in the league uh, based on a similar threshold. It's amazing. I mean, it, it w- he had such a great season last year uh, and really helped. Uh, keep that Philadelphia offense afloat. I he think. just didn't get into the end zone a lot, which was right. the problem uh, for fans. Which is so weird for LeGarrette Blunt, right? right? Well, Corey Clement <laughs> had four touchdowns in that <laughs> backfield exactly last right. year. So I don't know, man. It's going to be some combination. Carry, they like on Johnson, obviously. They spent a, a, a very high draft pick on on. so we'll see. I mean, he's been getting good reviews out of OTAs again. Who, on? OTAs, yeah. Okay. He's been getting some good reviews. Uh, but I think I think um, he and Blunt are nice values to take in standard leagues. You don't want to reach for him, but Johnson, especially because of the the muddy nature of that backfield, I think, is sliding a little bit in drafts. And I would take him. Double-digit rounds, though. No, I don't think so. I think he's going in, like, the 7, maybe oh, the 10 range. hell no. 
people tend to be more optimistic on running backs. I think people tend to and rookies too. Yep. Okay. I mean, Blunt is there only on a one-year deal. They would love for Johnson to be the guy. Um, so I think you want to take him first with that upside of him being the featured guy. But Blunt is certainly not somebody to ignore once it hits like double digits. I tell you what, it's single digits. I I just can't see value. Uh, for carry on John. I just can't see it. I mean, Theo Riddick's going to get some work in the passing game. Like I said, LeGarrette Blount was such a great player last year. Um, can he do that again? I don't know. They, they addressed the offensive line a little bit uh, through the draft and a free agency as well. So, I don't know. I think they, they try, might try to bring a little bit more balance. You know, Matt Patricia's going to be there, and so they're going to want to try to play some strong defense. Well, strong defense and, and strong running game, they go hand in hand. So, I, oh man, I don't know, man. It, single digits for carry on Johnson for me is is a little bit too pricey uh, for me. All right, the Vikings, thirteen and three. They were the class of the NFC North last year. Offensive coordinator Pat Shermer is gone. He's now the head coach of the New York Football Giants. He helped turn the Vikings into a top ten scoring offense. A note here: it's the first time since two thousand nine. Minnesota was a top 10 scoring unit. John Filippo is their new offensive coordinator now that Shermer is gone. He was formerly the Eagles quarterbacks coach for the last two season, uh, seasons. I, when I think about Pat Shermer, I think about the tremendous job that he did because has there been another team in NFL history that has been better at coaching around injuries than the 2017 Minnesota Vikings. Sam Bradford, um, he got injured. Then you think about the the running back situation there. Dalvin Cook got hurt after four games, and yet there they were. There they were, just within a hair's breadth of the Super Bowl. Just uh, Beaten by a team that probably coached around injuries better than they did because <laughs> that, <laughs> that team went on to win the Super Bowl. Yeah. Well, I mean, but there you go. your point stands. They, yeah. were, they were exceptionally good at that. Um, I think this offense is set to thrive this year again. Yep. I mean, yeah. they have everything in place. Kirk they have a decent offensive line. They got an upgrade at quarterback. Huge upgrade, yeah. Two elite wide receivers, a very solid tight end, and an exceptional running back. He's coming back from an injury, but it happened early enough in the season last year uh, in Delvin Cook and his torn ACL that he, he should be good to go. Uh, Dalvin Cook, remember, uh, hurt after four games. In those four games that he played, he was a top 10 running back in PPR formats, averaging more than 16 points per game. He had 444 scrimmage yards in just four games and two touchdowns as well. In that backfield, Jarek McKinnon is now gone. So it's Latavius Murray. It's Dalvin Cook. MG, your thoughts on Dalvin? Uh, Love him. I mean, I loved him last year before he got hurt. If there is... uh, you know, upside, and I think we've talked about this, to the injury is that it happened relatively early in the year, giving him some time to recover. But I, I think he is set up to, to be the bell cow. There's no no more Jarek McKinnon. Um, you know, Latavius Murray is sort of a nice uh, backup, but that is what he is. I mean, this is going to be Dalvin Cook's backfield. And with all those those other weapons in the passing game, you know, it's it's not like Jacksonville where Leonard Fournette's going to see eight men in the box right. know, every single time he touches the spread ball. Out, yeah. you got to spread out the defense because of this Vikings offense. So I, I think Dalvin Cook is set up. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he ends the year as a top five running back. He's a top 40 player all day long, right? Yes. Oh, yes. No doubt, right? No 100%. Doubt. No doubt. Okay. No doubt. Um, by the way, uh, we mentioned Kirk Cousins. They added him, obviously. It, it's so interesting. Man. Sam Bradford, Case Keenum, Teddy Bridgewater were their quarterbacks last year. They're all gone. Gone. Bradford in Arizona, Keenum in Denver, Teddy in New York uh, for the Jets as of now. Remember, like, the halfway through the year, we're like, oh, man, which, which one of these guys are going to keep? Yeah, which what one are they going to keep? None. None. <laughs> Zero <laughs> is the correct answer. Uh, Kirk Cousins, fully guaranteed contract, which is cool. Um 
hashtag trends, since 1996, Brett Favre and Dante Culpepper are the only Minnesota quarterbacks to have thrown for 4,000 yards and 25 touchdowns. Uh, two benchmarks Kirk Cousins has seen repeatedly. Yeah, I would say he becomes the third <laughs> in, that, in that span. Um, the thing I, I wonder about Kirk Cousins here with Minnesota um, is Kyle Rudolph. It seemed as if Kirk Cousins, and maybe it's just the Gruden offense, but I, so I don't know how it's going to look with John DeFilippo um, and, and, and Zimmer there in Minnesota, but it seemed as if Kirk Cousins really liked to target uh, his tight ends or at least utilize them a lot uh, in the passing game. Now, Kyle Rudolph had a pretty good season last year, um, but it wasn't you know anything to write home about. So now with Kirk Cousins under center, does Kyle Rudolph maybe see an uptick in value? Because he's going pretty late, too. I think Kyle Rudolph is what he is at this point in the NFL. Maybe if he gets a few more targets, sure, that's great. But uh, I, I think he's probably still going in that, like, he's one of those great guys in the Delaney Walker tier of tight ends where after you get clear of the guys with the much higher ceilings, he's one of those regular uh, contributors. Worth noting, however, that uh, DeFilippo's one year as an offensive coordinator back in uh, Cleveland was 2015, which happened to be the Barnyard Dogs the barnyard breakout dog. year. The Gary Barnage, dog. 79, 125 <laughs> targets, 79 catches, a uh, thousand yards, and nine TDs. Amazing. Uh, oh, but I, I think I think Cousins is great. He's an awesome value at quarterback. I love. I mean, it pains me as a Packer fan to draft <laughs> the Vikings quarterback. <laughs> but when Cousins falls and mocks and things like that, man, I can't help but take him. This is a tough division, man. I mean, you look at this division. I mean, it's a division on the rise. It's the bear, probably the like Bears are going to be is uh, are going to be markedly improved. I think the Vikings they were thirteen and three last year. I, they're going to win you know eleven, twelve, thirteen games again. Bottom of this division is probably going to be like eight and eight. That's what I'm saying. Like seven and nine is gonna, seven and nine a, a solid respectable season. You know the Jeff Fisher yeah. uh, pie in the sky goal <laughs> is going to be like the cellar dweller of the NFC North. Cause I this, think this division is getting stacked. I mean, we're hoping Aaron Rodgers stays healthy. Obviously, all sixteen games, but I mean the Lions too, man. I mean through no fault of their own, they might just you know through no fault of that just because the division so t they might win six games. So, so somebody has to be last. Or or there could be a team in this division that wins ten games and misses the playoffs. <laughs> God, that would be brutal. That would be, but this is this is a tough division, man, and uh, all kinds of explosiveness too, which is which is fun to see. So, um, I'm really excited to see how this uh, the NFC North shakes out. But, man, man, oh man, Bears, Packers, Lions, and Vikings. It's going to be good TV. It's going to be good TV. It's going to be good games. I'm really looking forward to it. All right, so there you go. That's the roster reset for the NFC North. Let's close out your show with a round of daily daps. Daps, 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 daps. Now we're talking no, about no. dog bites and <laughs> dipping. Daps, 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 daps. You know, if you like creepy rabbits, uh, this movie's for you. What a degenerate are Godzilla you? is down there. This is why I love this group of guys that were like, ah, whirlwind, there it goes, boom. All right, let's go. MG, my guy, Marcus Grant, kick us off. Uh, I want to daily dap the Americans. The Americans. Um, the Americans. To tonight is the series finale. Like, this is it. This Last is it? one. Uh, okay. It's been six seasons, and I've, I feel like I'm one of, like, 27 people who actually watch this show. Um, <laughs> it's a great show. It's a great show. It's an amazing show, but like it doesn't it doesn't great quite show. get the attention and the love of like a lot of the other prestige TV shows. I see what you're you know? saying. Like nobody, I see what you're saying. nobody talks about it the way they talk about you know even Westworld yeah, or yeah, yeah, Game yeah, of yeah. Thrones or anything like that. Right, but right, right, right. 
It's been fantastic from the jump. Uh, Kerry Russell, Matthew Reese, Noah Emrick, everybody involved has been great. Uh, I didn't know Kerry Russell could be that good. Yeah. I mean, she's a badass. She's total BS. <laughs> she's a badass total on that show. Be it. Yeah. Uh, and um, but it's been so the story has been well done, and I feel like this last season has arguably been uh, as good or better than any of these seasons that have come before it. So uh, I just just want to shout out the show and everybody involved in it. It's been a fantastic ride, and and very much looking forward to how they wrap this all up. Things kind of came to a head uh, at the end of last week's episode, so I'm very curious to see how exactly they, they unravel it. But uh, if, you, if you haven't watched it, now that it's over, it's the perfect time to find it. Hey, there you go. Watch, just binge watch it all the way straight through. You don't have to worry about that. You know who might binge watch it? Who's that? Producer Christina. Oh, there you go. <laughs> She's a binge watcher. There you go. I am a binge you watcher. You should put, up, put it on your list of binge watchers. You know what I mean? I will. I actually am just wrapping up a show on Netflix now. So. Hey. There you go. There it is. Um, it's a, I, I only watched the first two seasons, but, but the, the first two seasons were just terrific. I don't know why I never kept watching it. I just got caught up in other stuff. <laughs> I don't know. Well, now you can, this is your chance to revisit it. Actually, you know what I think happened? I think my daughter was born. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a, that's <laughs> well, a thing. Th- that's important. So. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Producer Christina, what we got for Daily Daps? Uh, I don't really have anything. Oh, come on now. This week. I mean, I had a long weekend. Yeah, so you I had guess a long weekend. Daily yeah. Dapping, come the long on. weekend, the holiday weekend. It was what fun. Was the, what was the best place you went over the weekend? Come on now. Um, I, I guess mean, just hanging visitors? out in Santa Monica, Santa Monica and Venice, the the boardwalk, yeah. getting to walk walk daily along the boardwalk. Santa Monica so, boardwalk, yeah. baby. It was really go. nice. I thought it was going to be rainy all weekend, so yeah. I guess daily dapping the weather too. It actually was nice all weekend. Yeah, there you go. Perfect. I like it. All right, what do we got, Alex Gilhar? Uh, first daily daps to uh John Mayer's music video for oh, New yes. Light. Uh, he posted it last week. Um, I don't care what you think about John Mayer, but I, and I don't know if this is staged. My my feeling is that he f- kind of faked this story for the publicity, but either way, it's hilarious. So his tweet was, I needed to make a video for New Light, but nobody could agree on a budget, parentheses, music industry. Am I right? So I went to a place downtown <laughs> and made this with a company that usually does birthday and bar mitzvah videos. Nice. So it's like it is super hilarious. cheesy, him on a green screen, all these weird backgrounds, locales. Hell yeah. It is hilarious it's yeah. so funny yeah. so credit to him for just like you know Good. goofing around and, and doing that uh daily daps to solo i saw it over the weekend uh not amazing fun uh had too many for my opinion eye rolling kind of like wink wink nods to the series and star wars as a whole but overall i thought the main guy uh alden einrich uh aaron reich aaron reich yeah. Uh, did a did a great job as Solo. He didn't try to be Harrison Ford, which would be a fool's errand, and he still uh, did the character justice. Right. And it was a, it was a fun little Star Wars romp, and I hope we okay. get more of those. And then as a piggyback off of that, uh, an- minor anti dabs to uh, Disney and and Lucasfilm and their thing because uh, when they when and I was tweeting about this over the weekend because they announced that James Mangold, who did uh, Logan, wrote and directed that, is going to now signed on to do a Boba Fett standalone film. Ooh, interesting. Um, when they uh, when Disney acquired Lucasfilm and brought in Kathleen Kennedy, who worked with Steven Spielberg for a long time to yeah. oversee it, she had made a point that they were going to make an effort to put uh, a diverse crew behind the camera in terms of writing and directing and stuff. And so far, the only people that have 
directed or replaced directors or been signed on to direct movies have been white dudes. <laughs> and I was like, that's some okay. BS. And people were like, what does it matter if they're white? And I'm like, one, like the color of anybody's skin doesn't matter no, doesn't anything matter. for their directing credentials. So why would we not want to see other people like get a shot at it? They that's have true. different perspectives, different ideas. The universe might mean different things to them. And two, if you say you're going to do that, Kathleen Kennedy, then back it then up. That's true. Do it. We're like yeah. six movies. Right. We're six movies in right now. And all the planned stuff, they've got the two white guys from Game of Thrones of a planned series. Ryan Johnson is, has another planned series. Okay. James Mangold signed on to direct this. I'm like, just give literally anybody else a shot. There's so <laughs> many talented people out there. We don't need these retreads. Right. We, don't, we don't need the same people we've seen. Yeah. Like, give somebody else a shot. Well, this is, my, this is my chance to write the uh, – you know, we, we talked about Hey, writing. here we go. No, because well, Alex and I last week talked about writing a Wedge Antilles uh, that's, spin-off. Oh, also, that's what making, I want to see. Making it making it a, 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 a top gun with X-Wing fighters, it's Good. like – it's it's Wedge and Jack Porkins. That was and I was talking with my buddies too, and they were like, "Well, one, one of them's a little soured on the whole Disney Star Wars stuff." And I and I was like, "He was like, well, what else could they do as a one-off?" And I was like, "Give me the Wedge Antilles Rogue Squadron one-off or trilogy, <laughs> like how he became the best pilot in the galaxy." I mean, couldn't we also just get a totally? I mean, outside of the the known universe right now, you know, like just give me like a dark Jedi story like sure in yeah the, in the outer regions of that's the that's more what i'm that's why i kind of like solo and i hope I, like i hope they don't build it into like a trilogy or anything because i just kind of like i liked rogue one and i like this i just like these little the one-offs the little spices like yeah. you know take me to different corners of the galaxy get what you're saying don't don't give me a retread of new hope again and then destroy it in the subsequent film <laughs> and waste five hours of my, and three years of my life whoops sorry getting off on a tangent james what do you got to do with that <laughs> Uh, Twitter.com was very fun last night. Uh, I, I haven't I, I haven't been that active on Twitter uh, the last couple of weeks. I don't know why, man. I've just been taking a little bit of a break mentally. That's um, probably for the best. Actually. Yeah, I think mentally I just needed a break uh, from the old Twitter.com. But uh, I fired it up last night, and, man, what a great night to fire it up. <laughs> I was absolutely enthralled by this whole Brian Colangelo burner account thing. Um and there were so many memes and gifts, and Can, uh, you should explain it to the people because yeah, I had yeah, no yeah. idea what was going on until so, you, Marcus, explained it to me before. So here's know. the deal: the Ringer uh, got a tip that Brian Colangelo was using uh, that had the team president had, of the Sixers. Oh, that, I'm sorry. Yes, the 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 team president uh, of the Philadelphia 76ers, who had, by the way, in 20, I mean, they just had a terrific season uh, this year. Um, the process and all that. It was, it was a lot of fun, you know. But uh, Brian Colangelo, the team president, apparently has f- at least at least five burner Twitter accounts, so just fake accounts that he created, that he then uses to troll his own players. He's trolled his own players. He's trolled his own coaches. He's trolled uh, – and the, the number one thing that he likes to do is, de- A, defend himself, Brian Colangelo – <laughs> and take shots at Sam Hinkie, the GM who left him this just treasure trove of assets. <laughs> I mean, it's just, uh, wow, wow, wow. How petty do you have to be? You have the job, bro. <laughs> Why are you taking shots at the guy that you replaced? That is, I mean, unbelievably petty. And also, by the way, you're the team president. Why do you need to create fake accounts to then troll Joel Embiid? I mean, just call up Joel Embiid. You have his phone number, right? You have, by the way, you have his phone number. You're in a position of power. You could just say, Joel, come up to my office. (laughs) We need to talk. We need to talk. And all of a sudden, (laughs) it's Joel Embiid who's like, oh, crap. 
Here we go. You know what I'm saying? You don't need to create burner accounts to troll these. It's just unbelievable. I was completely, I was getting into the psychology of it. I was talking to my wife about why would someone do this? Is it really him? Is it an intern who got a little feisty? It's just, we were talking about it for, for a while. It was a lot of fun. And then, and then when I'm barely getting through that, Pusha T comes out with another diss track of, of yeah, and just set his world aflame, which was great. I mean, it was, I mean, oh, oh, that beef is, it's beyond simmering now. That that beef is cooked. It's coming. You think this is? You realize this is all. Both these guys have albums coming out, right? Pusha T and Tendray. This is all this set is all, up. This is all good for them. This is all marketing. <laughs> it's all this. Maybe it I is. mean, hey, I'm not mad at Maybe. it. I'm just, I'm not mad at it. I'm I, just saying. The thing, the thing that makes me think that it's, it's not just all marketing though, is the fact that Pusha T on the, on the cover uh, art for this one particular song that he had just released, it's Drake and Blackface. Yeah, that, that's probably, <sighs> yeah. Golly. Yeah. That is rough. Uh, so yeah, so no, I I don't know, man. Um, and so I, just getting to, listening to that, listening to the content, uh, reading the think pieces on Pusha T's news district. Was there any mentions to uh, Dragon Blood? Because then we certainly know it's marketing. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, no Dragon Blood mentions. Okay. Uh, I'm actually I'm actually hoping Kanye comes out with the district. That would be fun. I'm that hoping Kanye just goes away for a while. Yeah, that's probably for the best. Yeah, that would probably be. Well, don't don't release your album. Just so <laughs> just take the one cop, take the master track right now. Right. Go go sit in a in a cave. Put it in a lockbox. Do some self reflection. Yeah. Talk to Kim for a little while. <laughs> come back to us. Um, we there's two options that I would like for Kanye. Either A, just just stop. <laughs> <laughs> or B, it's my preference right now. <laughs> <laughs> sit just, sit a couple plays out, yeah, Kanye. Just, just stop. That's one option. That's option A. Option B is release a Drake diss track. That's option B. Now, I know option A is not going to happen. Thereby, give me option B. So let's go there. Uh, so <laughs> that would be fun. All right. So that's the show from producer Christina for the Whiskey from Wisconsin, Alex Gelhar. And for MG, my guy, Marcus Grant, I'm James Coe. You've been listening to the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. We appreciate you listening. Like, subscribe, do it all. Do it right now. We'll catch you next Wednesday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. 
I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. 